Paso a Paso Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paso a Paso Podcast. My name is Miles. Happy to be here with you, both recording for our podcast listeners and those around the Taos, New Mexico area, due to our partnership with KNCE. Today we'll be discussing Youth Heartline, an organization um, who provides many services to the Taos community, and uh, the person that will be sharing that information with us is Colleen. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Colleen Shaughnessy, and I'm the CAN, which is the Consortium Addressing Needs Program Manager at Youth Heartline. Awesome. And um, Youth Heartline is an organization that I'm fairly familiar with, although it's even hard for me to, again, uh, as with many of our interviewees here on the, the podcast, understand all the programs you offer. Can you share um, a few of those so people can understand what Youth Heartline does around in this community and, and beyond? Yeah. Um, so Youth Heartline has been in our community for about 30 years. Um, initially, I think the focus was on CASA, which is um, court-appointed special advocates who advocate advocate for foster children in the court systems. And um, from there, the, the organization expanded to um, provide other services that met the needs of children in our community. Um, and our, when I say our community, I mean the 8th Judicial District, which is Colfax Union and Taos Counties. So we serve all three counties. Um, We have several programs. Um, The first is CASA, which I just mentioned, and we're often looking for volunteers who would be willing to serve as an advocate for foster children. And um, then we also have uh, the Nurturing Parenting Program, which is a national trauma-informed curriculum that focuses on um, parenting with an um, with the substance use population. So um, we are now offering that course online um, <clears throat> due to COVID-19. Um, and we also have Girls Circle and Boys Council. Both of those are national programs that operate um, in the schools. And um, if you know any children who are interested in that, we would welcome referrals as well. Um, And those are 12 to 18 year olds. And um, we also do a safe exchange and supervised visitation program, which allows um, non-custodial parents to, or guardians to meet with children. Um, We are also running a community programming in the Goosedorf neighborhood, as well as in Raton, where we do activities with um, families um, just to get them interacting with their kids and to provide, um, you know, different avenues for engagement with the community, but also with within families that live in the same neighborhoods. Um, I might be forgetting something, but that's what I remember right now. No, and that's a great example of kind of what I was referring to. Um, I was trying to, you know, think about all the things you mentioned, and it feels like the consistent thread, I guess, is, is correct me if you phrase it differently, but the well-being of families um, in the areas that you serve. Um, it sounds like there's programming that supports both children, uh, their environment, and parents. Um, do you as a staff ever ever 
think about kind of the overall mission um, or the things that, and the threads that kind of pull all these programs together because I definitely am envisioning it, but I don't know if I could phrase it best. Um, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> uh, it's kind of part of my work as a can manager. Um, so uh, I would say child advocacy is a huge component of our mission as well as, um, and so that incorporates families and communities. Um, so if I were to summarize it in two words, I'd say child advocacy. Um, but I also think it goes beyond that in terms of um, within the consortium addressing needs, we have an emphasis on policy um, within our communities that fo- that would shift towards more of a harm reduction approach to substance use. Um, <clears throat> and we work on community. Um, creating like memos of understanding with different organizations where um, we're helping move things in that direction, you know, slowly and subtly, but um, that is part of it. So it goes from like the higher level of policy down to um, individual families and children. So it's a broad thing, but I'd say child advocacy, is certainly the, the central point. And I, I love that you all use the, the word advocacy. I'm a huge fan of people advocating for themselves and um, for groups advocating for what they think is, is right. Um, it seems as though at the same time, advocacy is not something that comes um, easily to everyone. Um, on an individual level, I know working with families or even just friends of mine um, to varying degrees feel more or less comfortable advocating for themselves in a variety of situations. Is that um, being a in that being a part of your work as an organization individually? Do you come up to, with circumstances or or uh, experience things that need a little bit of of a, of a push forward as far as um, people's willingness to advocate for themselves or, or others? Well, I think because we focus so much on children um, who you know, I'm not sure we anticipate or expect them to be able to advocate for themselves and particularly the children we focus on who are generally either um, foster children or children who are um, working with CYFD for some reason. Um, You know, they are experiencing great amounts of stress in their families. So we we don't expect them to advocate. (laughs) Um, So it's more of our role to advocate for um, the child on behalf of the children, which does include parents. Um, And, you know, I've only been with Youth Heartline for about a little more than two months. So I'm I'm a little new. Um, My experience so far, though, is that the parents that we interact with are trying to do the best they can given the circumstances, which are, you know, a bit more extreme right now because of COVID-19. And so I, you know, in some cases they're mandated to do so by the courts, but they take that opportunity to um, try their best. Um, And that's where we focus on is meeting families and parents and children where they are instead of wanting them to change, um, which goes along with harm reduction. Um, we don't have any expectation of uh, parents doing anything in particular to be a part of our programming. That's good to hear. I appreciate you sharing that. How, how do people in the community get involved in the various uh, programming you offer? Um, I know CASA is, is a volunteer opportunity for people to advocate for children, and perhaps we can get into that um, for a minute. Um, and some of the others, it sounds as though with 
uh, Gusdorf and some of the communities, um, neighborhoods around here, you're creating a presence and a support mechanism maybe. Um, but as far as the community listening, what would be a good way for them to reach out or, or get more involved in, in all that you offer? Um, well, we do have a website, um, youthheartline.org, and um, most of the information you can find there. We're also on all the social media outlets. Um, we do have a mailing list that you can subscribe to. Um, any referrals can be, um, you can just give us a call, and, and our number is 575-758-0106. Um, and even if that's outside of Taos County, we can direct you to the right place. Um <clears throat> And then if you're interested in volunteering with CASA, that you can also call the same number. But um, just a little bit more information, there's a um, self-paced online training now instead of in-person. And um, it, that means you can join at any time and do it at your own pace, and um, which is great and should hopefully enable more people to join. Um, and then the expectations around that are approximately 10 hours, I believe, or sorry, maybe it's 20 hours a month, um, where you're working with the child, but also working with the court system. And all of that is explained in great detail <laughs> in the trainings. Um, so it's not a, a exactly a job, a volunteer position where you are working directly with the child all the time. It's not that kind of makes me think of, um, big brother, big sister kind of thing. This is a little more logistical and in some ways behind the scenes, but um, very much in the middle of the scene and within the court system. And with and a lot of our foster children, if they don't have an advocate, um, it just is a much more difficult and a messy process for them. And so um, we really encourage people to reach out to us about that. And again, not to dive into it too much, but that was actually my question. I've heard about the CASA role, and I think it's acknowledged that it's also very significant um, uh, experience. It, it requires a lot of um, preparation and, and being present in difficult circumstances. But as you alluded to, it sounds as though, um, I guess my question is, you know, why, why is there a need for that, that role, for volunteers to fill that role? Um, does it alleviate some of the experience that the child has to go through otherwise alone? Is that what you were mentioning before? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I don't feel like I'm the best person to speak to this. Yasmin Hawk, who's our CASA coordinator, maybe you can get her on soon. <laughs> um, but I, um, I would say that, you know, in the court systems, a foster child has the foster family and their biological family, and um, they're kind of in the middle. Um, and there's a lot of discussion kind of around them and about them, but neither of those parties can really represent the child solely because they're representing their own interests as well. So the advocate, as far as I understand, um, operates as a sort of an objective party for the child. I mean, they're not objective <laughs> about the child, but they are all about the child. So they get to be a hundred percent for the child. Whereas the other components of the court system are, are, you know, working for their own interests in certain ways. Um, so without that, the child is, yeah, sort of on their own and, 
they don't have um, as much support to navigate what's happening around them. And as we all know, the court system is really complex and very hard to understand as as adults, (laughs) not alone as children. So, um, yeah, so I don't know if that yeah, no, absolutely. It all helps. Um, and I'm, what I'm realizing is that, uh, again, the work that Youth Heartline does and many of our Apostle Network organizations do um, is so diverse. I think we almost need to spend, you know, one episode per program um, or, or, or area of work that you all do um, to really dive into it and really make a comprehensive uh, document for people to listen and understand and support in a more effective way, perhaps. Um, I, I don't want to leave out that you have some opportunities uh, in the near future for community members who might wish to um, seek some support or, or just uh, align with the programming you offer. Um, I believe one of them is, is a parenting class series. Is that right? Yeah. So I mentioned the nurturing parenting program. Um, we have just moved it online and, um, we're taking referrals. Um, so we're taking referrals for the foreseeable future. (laughs) Um, it's a rolling online referral process through our website. If you go to our website, you would click on, um, services, and then you'll find the Nurturing Parenting Program and the referral link there. Basically, families who are facing substance use are encouraged to join this. Um, it does not need to be through a social services agency. So if you want to refer yourself, you're welcome to do so. It could be grandparents who are parenting as a result of substance use in the family. It could be the um, guardians or parents themselves. We welcome anyone to join that. It's going to be two nine-week sessions, and they'll be online. Um, the way that it will work is there'll be a total of 18 topics, but um, for each topic, there will be a video, activities to do with your children within the family, and then um, a reflection on how both of those went. So you'll have one-on-one um, parenting guidance and attention from the facilitator, and the facilitators are trained so that's the general gist, and um, you also can if it, contact me directly at 575-999-5747. And then in terms of CASA, you can um, contact that number that I gave you before, um, 575-758-0106. And um, just to remind people, it's something that one person can do to make a positive impact on a child. Um, and it can be a positive impact for their whole life, really. So I encourage you to think about it and call us. 